Let me ask you a question. What comes to mind when you think of Nate Diaz? Could be the Connor Wynn, a bit of that something-something, the scrap pack, slapping reporters. There's almost too much to actually list, but you know, this is kind of our thing. And considering this weekend looks to be the last fight on his contract, well, it's time to look back on his legendary career just as he happens to be walking away from the UFC for good. I'm Jason from MMA on Point, and these are the 10 biggest controversies from Nate Diaz's career. Number 10, the underage fight. That's right, Nate Diaz was involved in an underage fight that you won't see listed anywhere on his record. You'll probably be relieved though to find out he wasn't beating up some underage kid or something like that. Actually, he was the minor in this situation. You see different video posts out there saying he was 16 or 17, but the one that actually gives a date is for July 20th of 2002, making him 17 at the time of the video versus a much older man. And what makes it more controversial than that very reason is why you don't see this fight listed on his record. It was totally unsanctioned and very illegal at the time. Extreme forms of entertainment. So violent, cable TV is all but banned The outrage has led to it being banned in North Carolina, banned in Mississippi, banned in Oklahoma. I guess we're going to have to have a handle on ultimately how to deal with excessive testosterone in the <laughs> Perhaps. This was still very much in the dark ages of the sport when MMA was literally banned in the state of California, meaning it was illegal in like a physical assault disorderly conduct type of way. They would minimize a bit of the danger with rules like slaps, pancreas style instead of full on punches. I mean, that's perfect for a Diaz brother. But once Nate took this guy down, he was a classical fish out of water and submitted him in under a minute with an armbar. But when people say Nate Diaz wasn't in it for the money. I mean, they really mean it. There wasn't a dime to be made in this fight, except for illegal betting, don't do it. Number nine, Diaz versus a troll. All right, so this one is a personal favorite of mine in his career because it's pretty much been lost to time. Way before Nate's career exploded in 2016 and just before he fought for the lightweight title in 2012, one character you may or may not know is a man by the name of Hinato Loranja, which literally is a character that he made up, but that's not even his real name. He's an actor by the name of Rasan Orange, which uh, I was just looking into this with Bailey and it turns out LaRaja just means orange. So there you go. And he puts on this fake kind of satirical Brazilian accent. My mind telling me no. Watch my body. This is telling me yay. And essentially, he was this guy Eddie Bravo just loved and would shoehorn into absolutely everything he did for a good troll. He'd interrupt interviews. Fuck about a fake fight right. when I could see real stuff. Why am I gonna give a fuck about a fake jujitsu guy? A fake jujitsu black belt. You have an interview with this guy. We do, we're doing a TV show. I know you do a TV show. Call in the Joe Rogan podcast and. We got someone on the line. No. Who's on the line? Dude, no one knows what the fuck we're doing. It's like half a million people and maybe 10,000. How do you feel about weed? Start what we're essentially fake beefs with people. Boha. Uh, I'm sorry. You gotta be in for our hood awakenings. My introduction to him was the Joe Hogan confrontation. That's my guy right there. That's Joe Hogs. Joe Hogs. Joe Hogs. That guy, that guy's... We don't have to agree with that. He can think about things that, that a lot of people don't want afraid to, to confront you about. Like what? Like, like smoking heifer. Smoking heifer? 
So this was back in 2010, and honestly, it fooled me when I first saw it. I didn't realize it was a joke at all, but people did catch on quickly. He would mess with fighters like Rousey, Weidman. It was no big deal. It was just for a good laugh. But in 2012, when he came across Nate Diaz at the World Jiu-Jitsu Expo, well, Nate didn't know who the fuck he was. And so when Hanato decided to talk some shit to Diaz fully in character, Diaz wasn't having it. I mean, you can literally watch Hanato's eyes here look off to the side as if he's like, wait, Diaz thinks I'm really trying to fight here. Oh, shit. And Nate was deadly serious, leading to him flipping off Laranja and nearly hitting the man. Perhaps it's a sign that it's best to properly introduce yourself to Nate, maybe before trying to mess with him. Anyhow, at the time, it pissed a lot of people off and was kind of controversial, but I just think it's funny. Number eight, Carl Parisian. Most people would say the best season of The Ultimate Fighter is season 10, right? Plenty of good reasons for that, but a damn good contender is season five, which happens to be the way Nate Diaz was introduced to the UFC. And at that time, there was this insanely good judo player by the name of Carl Parisian. Aside from having the very bad fortune of welcoming GSP into the UFC, which was GSP's debut, he was at one time one of the most dangerous fighters at 170. But so how does this tie into the Ultimate Fighter Season 5? Well, Caro's cousin was on that show, Manny Gamburian, and he happened to be one of the best fighters on that show who would end up making it to the final with Diaz but losing. Anyhow, Caro was there to support. And for one reason or another, Caro just decided that Nate, perhaps because he's the younger brother of Nick and the new guy around, just needed a good bit of ball busting. Diaz, to his credit, did play along at first, gave him some respect, joke around, had a good laugh, but Carl just wouldn't stop. He kept mock grappling with him and gave him just one few playful slaps too many. He's kind of being a bit of a dick, if I'm honest. And before you knew it, Nate just started popping off and squared up. Carl was livid at this response, but Diaz was ready to hit him if he got close. Don't try to close the distance. I'm because, you know, I'll sock your ass if you get closer to me. And honestly, I don't disagree with them either. Carl was totally trying to big brother him here. It's fair he got pissed about it, but it's one of my favorite moments on the entire show. Number seven, the Habib brawl. When you see the combination of those two words, Habib and brawl, I'm sure without me even saying it, what probably comes to mind for you is the UFC 229 fiasco with Conor McGregor. But of course, that is not what we're talking about. If you haven't gotten the picture by now, Nate isn't someone to mess around with. And when you look into what happened, you can easily see here how this was a powder keg. Basically, a fellow member of the old DS scrap pack, Jake Shields, was infamously taking on Pal Harris, while Habib's cousin Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov also had a fight in PFL, then still known as World Series of Fighting. So that's what faithfully brought these two teams together. And well, from Diaz's account, Habib was taking photos with his team and purposefully included Diaz in one of the photos just to crack jokes and make fun of him. Uh-oh, Nate clearly wasn't going to back down from that. And according to Nate, he slapped Habib in the scuffle. Unfortunately, what we see in the videos that have been posted, it's just after this happened, so we don't actually get to see that. But you do see them all surrounded by security and a few more scuffles happening. And of course, that wasn't it. They had to take it out to the back and had a full-on meltdown backstage. But even that wasn't enough because Diaz had to be escorted out of UFC 239 a couple years later when they started getting into it again in the crowd. No love lost there. Number six, smacking a reporter. Now, let's be fairly clear about something. I'm a YouTuber, not a journalist by any means. Sure, I've been to events and I have done journalistic things, but I didn't go to school for journalism or anything like that, nor would I ever claim to be one. And the point of that is, well, reporter here is a very loose term for discussing the full sin guy who was interviewing DS here. His name is Shawnee Mac, or OG Shawnee Mac. And I'm certainly not here to pile on, but he hasn't had the most luck in his position for the full send boys. Luke Rockhold is watching you. But of course, this 
was the worst one. Diaz being the ride or die type of friend he is had allegedly heard Shawnee Mac talking shit about his training partner Nick Maximoff who had just lost so so he's probably just critiquing Maximoff's bad night at the office but Diaz wasn't gonna have any of that and when he saw him next Shawnee rolled up to him for an interview and Nate just shut him down super quick. You better watch the tweets about Blue 5 recently. Oh I know. People have wondered if this was fake, but the journalists who were there have actually confirmed that this was anything but fake. Number five, censorship. What would you say all these entries have in common so far? violence. And while this one certainly will back that up, there's another dimension here about Diaz, and that is essentially Nate refusing to be anything but himself. And the moment that is first responsible for his career going to the stratosphere was no doubt the fact that he was on national television with Big Fox when he called out Conor McGregor in an expletive-laden rant. Yeah, Conor McGregor, you're taking everything I work for, mother I'm gonna fight your Humorously, Joe Rogan said while doing the commentary that the Fox broadcast team was screaming at him to pull the mic away, which thankfully he didn't. I'd love to hear those backstage conversations. But this has happened all throughout his career. It also happened in the WEC back in the day, like this awkward interaction. You just train hard. He says, go beat that motherfucker's ass. Don't be a bitch, you know? There you go. Goodness. Nice job. Back to you, Kevin. Yet on top of the fact that he's willing to smoke anywhere at any time, well, you've got a pretty good look at what Nate Diaz thinks about being censored in any way at all, which actually leads us to our next entry. Number four, Fuck You Sada. Is that the greatest entry title we've ever made? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Nate Diaz, as we all know, is a clean athlete. He never popped for any PEDs, and like his brother, they enjoy a good bit of the old cannabis. That comes in many forms, and perhaps the best personification of Diaz was showing that he didn't care at all about the UFC's anti-doping agency's rules. Well, when he started vaping a CBD pen on stage at the UFC 202 post-fight press conference, and this was right in front of USADA officials prompting Ariel Wani to actually ask him about it. CBD, it helps with uh, healing process and uh, inflammation and stuff like that and make your life a better place. And if you want an example of how much pull he had in 2016 in the organization, USADA just gave the guy a warning. And I should also point out that this is the genesis of the CBD explosion. I'm sure there were some already doing it now advertising it in the MMA sphere. Personally, I hadn't even heard of CBD vape pens at this point, and in the coming months, you'd start to see it everywhere like you do now. But that's not the only example of him bucking USADA. When Diaz actually popped for a USADA violation before the Masvidal fight at UFC 244, turns out he ate an organic multivitamin that had trace amounts of a steroid compound called LGD4033, basically a tainted supplement that was shown by repeated tests to be an insignificant amount. And that's happened for a ton of supplements in the past, but no one's ever done it this fast. It's usually over the course of several months. This happened only about a week from the fight, so it's actually pretty crazy. And recently, I have to mention that he posted a video with a USADA agent, and, well, I'll just let you hear what he said. DK my guy, but USADA can fucking suck a dick. It was kind of amazing, I'm not gonna lie. Number three, leaving mid-presser. This hasn't just happened one time, but on multiple occasions. I think the most well-known incident has to be the Connor bottle-throwing incident. You know, this was in 2016 after Diaz choked out Connor and they were at the press conference for their second fight. Typical Connor showed up late to the event, so Diaz just decided to stick around just long enough to let Connor know a few things before abruptly getting up and walking out. So if leaving wasn't already enough, the two teams jumped into a shouting match that quickly turned into a bottle-throwing contest. It would appear that Team Diaz threw the bottle first, which I'm sure is contested 
contested, but who cares? It was super entertaining and just made you want to see their rematch even more. The other big incident was when he was booked against Dustin Poirier in 2018. Mind you, this was a pretty huge announcement at the time because we hadn't actually seen him since that second Conor fight two years prior. So at their press conference, the crowd was into it. But then Dana made a surprising announcement out of nowhere for Conor versus Habib. You know, them being rivals and all this pissed Diaz the hell off because he felt like they were trying to take a shine away. And he just left. Cameras with TMZ caught up with him outside and he said he wasn't going to fight anymore after being disrespected like that. The irony is though, he never really bailed on the fight at all and Poirier was the one that got an injury. So it's like they say, the Diaz bros always show up to a fight. Number two, fighting the UFC. Where do you even start with this one? This is such a long story here that I could go on forever about. Quick shout out to Tommy Tollhold who did a video about this if you wanna check that out for a more in-depth look. I'll leave a link in the description for those interested. But the biggest thing has to be Dana lowballing him on cash and claiming that he was no needle mover in terms of sales or viewership. And I'll never be able to get over how little they actually paid him to fight Michael Johnson, which was when the aforementioned call out of Conor McGregor happened. He was getting just 20 thousand to show up and another 20,000 but only if he won. That's just an unfathomable number by today's standard and considering he was on the main card on national television on Fox and walking away with only 20,000 potentially. I mean that is just unreal. It's just the tip of the iceberg though because there's stuff that happened way before that but over the years Nate has got a fair amount of revenge on plenty of occasions by for instance renegotiating after the first Connor fight for the rematch getting a much bigger paycheck with two 2 million guaranteed. 20k to 2 million, that is fucking insane. And since then, he's really called the shots on who he's fighting. More recently, there has been Diaz rejecting everything, including their NFTs, pissing on the Performance Institute, and you pair that with everything else we've talked about today on top of the fact that he is about to walk away, potentially after Shemaev, well, it's fair to say he's taken full control of his career in a way that few others truly can. Number one, the Strike Force Brawl. You will find perhaps no incident more notorious than this. I should mention that a similar incident did happen with Elite XC when Nate's brother Nick got an eye cut in a title fight against KJ Noons that quickly devolved into a near brawl as Bill Goldberg watched on. Yeah, he was a commentator back then. Kind of weird, right? And as the two left, they iconically got onto the ramp and flipped the bird to everybody in the cage. Funny enough, though, this incident appears to be at least partially deleted off a of fight pass, at least the flipping off on the ramp bit. But I mean, the rest of it is on YouTube. You can never really delete something like that. The bigger moment, though, was when the Diaz brothers were in full force along with their crew, the Scrap Pack, fighting for the UFC's old rival Strike Force in 2010. This being on national television with CBS, back when this had only happened a couple of times, well, this was a pretty massive beyond massive deal in the sport. I would love to show you guys footage of this one, but the UFC has removed this from Fight Pass, and while you can find it online, the UFC would just end our channel immediately if we tried to post it. They're that done with it. But the story itself is just as fascinating. One of the members of said Team Dia scrap pack Jake Shields had just pulled a massive upset over Dan Henderson. That's when old foe Jason Mayhem Miller invited himself into the cage to challenge him for a rematch. He'd lost him in the past. Older brother Nick not having any of it immediately threw the first punch and well, it immediately descended into a gigantic brawl. 
And as a result of this, the UFC's rival was banned from CBS National Television and then literally the next year sold their company to Zufa, the UFC. Of course, there was a bunch more that went into this, but you can't help but feel like this was a pretty big part of it. I'd love to give a quick shout out to my ride or die homie that is Lawton. Here is us playing in a band together about 10 years ago. We were a lot smaller and skinnier. Look at his sweet little face. Look at that guy. How can you not follow him? You can follow him on Twitter at Lawton underscore Veercan. And of course, Ben Rosette, you guys know I love his music. Please support him if you guys are fans of this channel, but you can follow him on Twitter. You can check out the link in the description, all that stuff. And then a shout out to you guys. I appreciate you guys watching. Please like and subscribe if you enjoyed this. But I do want to ask you guys, I could only mention so much in one top 10 video. We could do a top 50 if we wanted to. What do you think I left out? I didn't talk too much about the other stuff that happened in the Ultimate Fighter, like him taking off his shirt and wanting to fight in the middle of the house. There's all kinds of stuff. So you guys leave comments on what you think I should have added or what you would like to see in a future video. But anyhow, that's it for me, guys. Catch you on the next one. Peace.